Hello, and welcome to another episode of Never Wear Boring Socks. Today, we're talking about structure and creativity, which is another episode that we're revisiting on this podcast, something that we talked about a while ago. But again, like I said with the inspiration episode, I'm not totally sure what I said on this before, but since that was a couple of years ago, I believe that we recorded that. I think I have some new thoughts and life experience to share this time around. So before we get into that, I am wearing some pretty cool socks today. They are blue and they have pineapples on them. And I think that they just really embody this idea of never wearing boring socks, which is really about taking each opportunity, every moment of every day as much as we can, as much as we want to to make things a little more exciting and a little more interesting because they're like kind of plain looking navy socks, except they have pineapples. So they're really not plain at all. They're quite exciting when I look down at my feet. So getting into the topic of today's episode, I think that sometimes we have this idea that creativity is the opposite of structure. And in some ways, I think that's true. I definitely... I think there's some truth to that. For example, I think it's helpful to give yourself time in the creative process to just explore and experiment without any rules, without editing your work or trying to make it good. I think that's actually a really important part of the creative process that a lot of us sometimes forget. I think that in these moments, you need to let go of needing to make something into a thing before it's ready. Just get some words out on the page without trying to turn it into a masterpiece or even a piece at all. Sometimes you just need to get started and sometimes it's all pretty much garbage until you come back later to mine said garbage for possible gold. Or perhaps it's no gold, but there's something that could be turned into gold. Or maybe you just got the creative juices flowing, which is also important. And anyway, that was a bit of a tangent. So in addition to the the sometimes lack of structure in a way that's needed for creativity, I think you also need a lot of structure in a way to balance that out. You need some kind of parameters to contain you in a way that allows for creativity and flow within those parameters. And so I'm actually going to read you a poem that I wrote that I think encapsulates what I'm trying to say in a few different ways. And after I read it, I'm going to kind of share why I think it embodies this idea of structure and creativity and how structure makes room for creativity. So here's the poem. I want to be the river, not the banks that keep it in, to carve a path that's bold, circuitous, and wild without constraints, but all while knowing you are there to hold me. Rivers without riverbanks are merely spreading puddles, left to slowly ooze in all directions till they disappear, their aqueous existence out of view. And I could be that steady border. I have been it many times for many others. I have been the arms that hold the inside in. But now I want to be the river, wide and deep, with no concern for edges, and I'm asking you to be that stretch of sand. So I think this poem represents what I want to say about structure in several ways. First, 
I want to talk about the content of the poem. So I didn't necessarily write this with creativity in mind in particular. I think it applies to a lot of different areas of life, and I wrote it with a lot of things in mind. But looking back on it, I think really it was about creativity in a way, even though that wasn't necessarily what I was thinking intellectually. And so basically the idea is that in order to have the capacity to flow, there needs to be some kind of structure to flow within. In order to feel safe enough to be expansive and expressive and wild, I think you need to have something holding you in a way, whether that's the ground below your feet, the arms or the ears of a trusted partner or friend, or the security and shelter and the security of shelter and income and food. I think when it comes to creative practice, it's really hard to turn on the flow of ideas and inspiration if you don't have the structure of the riverbanks, let's say. So let's go with the metaphor for a second. Think of a waterfall. It's wild, it's flowing, just like how you want your creative ideas to flow. But if it weren't for the ground below it and the banks on either side, what would it be? A puddle, maybe, like I said in the poem, which is also cool, I guess, but it's not as grand and awe-inspiring as a waterfall, which I'm guessing is probably more the effect you're hoping for with your creative work. And so I think we need to set up the banks so that you can be the river. Like I wrote, I want to be the river, not the banks that hold it in. So this goes back to the idea of creative space for creativity, or creating space for creativity is what I meant which I talked about in the last three episodes, making space in your physical environment, your schedule, and also making energetic space for creativity. The consistency of those things allows for more creativity to flow because you're creating those boundaries. And then within those boundaries, your creativity can go wild and do whatever it wants to do because you've carved out that space and that structure and it feels safe to do so. Second, this poem is a lesson in the importance of structure because of the conditions under which it was written. I was part of a writing group when I wrote this where we met weekly and dedicated an hour to writing each week and then an hour to sharing our work with each other. And so it doesn't sound like a lot. I know one hour during a whole week with so many more hours, but even just that one weekly hour of writing and then the added accountability led to a lot of poems. I look back at that time and just the volume of what I could create because I had just made time and space for it was huge. I have a stack of poems that I wrote in that writing group that I just don't think I would have made time for otherwise. So I think that's really a lesson in structure and how structure can support us in creating. And lastly, the actual form of the poem itself actually embodies structure. It's a sonnet, which is a very specific kind of poem with a lot of rules. There's a rhyme scheme and a certain number of lines and syllables. So there's a lot of constraints to work with. And this might sound limiting, but again, in this case, having the structure really allowed my creativity to flow freely. While a totally blank page can be pretty intimidating, I think, for a lot of people, myself included, most definitely, starting with the structure of a sonnet gave my brain something to work with. 
So the constraints in this case allowed me to play more because they took the pressure off of coming up with something out of thin air. So, dear listener and fellow creative soul, I have some questions for you to reflect on. First, does the idea of wanting to be the river resonate with you? Are there any examples in your life of structure allowing for more flow or inspiration or creativity? If this does resonate with you, this idea of wanting to flow more and be the river, not the banks, how can you create more solid banks so that you can be the flowy river? So maybe you want to go back and revisit some of the ideas from the past three episodes to see if there's anything you can do in terms of your space, your calendar, or maybe your routines or habits to create that structure. And then lastly, how can you create structure within your work itself to take some pressure off and allow your creativity to flow a little more? So I think this can be a really great exercise if you're feeling a little bit stuck or a little bit intimidated by a blank page or not knowing exactly where to start. So maybe you can try a new form or a new medium or just work with a prompt that offers you a little bit of supportive boundary, some constraints to work with. And so if you feel like you could use more support in your creativity, in particular in creating structure around your creativity, I would love to be a part of that support. I'm actually offering a live workshop on November 18th where we're going to work through setting up your creative space, doing some reflection and journaling exercises. We'll apply some feng shui concepts and then some practical tips that have helped me. So I don't have the link for this workshop quite yet. It's online. But if you do want to know when it's live, the best thing to do is to sign up for my newsletter because I'll definitely share it there along with any other events or new things that I have going on. So if you do want to sign up and get my bi-weekly newsletter, the link's in the show notes, or you can go to my website, thephilosophersstem.com and sign up there. I also have a few spots open this fall for a free coaching call where we can work through any obstacles you're facing that are preventing you from having a consistent creative practice. So you can think of it as part accountability check-in, part strategy session, and part encouraging pep talk. If you're interested, the link to sign up for one of those spots is in the show notes. And as always, thank you so much for tuning in to Never Wear Boring Socks. It really does mean a lot to me because I love connecting to other creative souls in this way. And side note, in case you missed it, souls is also a sock reference that Anna and I came up with from the earlier seasons of the podcast when we were slightly more sock focused. Not that I'm not sock focused now, but you know, anyway, souls has a little double meaning there. So I will see you here next week. And in the meantime, my dear creative souls, make sure you don't wear any boring socks.